Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. Welcome to the people who are new. I'm just going to give a little quick rundown just to give you a bit of a backstory because I am V, so some of you may not know me, and my clinic is um, HQ or headquarters, and it's in East Frio. During the crazy COVID period, uh, I decided to reach out to my existing clients and offer a space not only to connect, but to provide simple and useful topic discussions that seem to resonate and bang, here we are, which has been really cool. So you will now have access to all the previous vids. So if you haven't watched them, feel free. If you have, then you will know we are smack bang in the middle of self-care month and our topic today is mindfulness. I can almost see the eye rolls from here. And this is my favourite bit, really, because I was a classic eye roller when it came to mindfulness. But when I learnt that it does not need to be marketed or performed in Lycra and really figured out what it meant for me, I now love it. So let's have a look. What is it? Mindfulness. So it involves acceptance, meaning that we pay attention to our thoughts and feelings without judging them. Without believing, for instance, that there's a right or a wrong way to think or feel in any given moment. So when we practice our mindfulness, our thoughts tune into what we're sensing in that present moment rather than rehashing the past or imagining the future. Now, there's a couple of, or well, there's probably a lot of elements of the way you can apply mindfulness. And I just want to touch on one thing that I have. Um, I think it would have been in week two, we did distress tolerance. So I sort of introduced a little, it's a mindfulness technique back then, which was a grounding. It was a grounding technique. And that was, if you remember, the 54321. I want to touch on that slightly because mindfulness in that instance is used to ground us back into a space that we just need to get through, which wants us to use the grounding technique to basically push aside the emotions of fear predominantly, anxiety, all those ones that that really hinder us in that moment in time. We want to push those aside just to get through the moment, okay? That's a grounding technique using mindful uh, elements. Mindfulness, though, is exactly what it says in terms about acceptance. So what we're going to find as we go through, and I'm going to explain it more, but I wanted to make sure that we really understood this at the beginning. Mindfulness in its true form is not about pushing feelings aside, negative feelings especially. It's about really focusing on and sensing those moments and tuning into the feeling without judging yourself or what the feeling is about okay 
So we'll get more into that, but just so that you are aware of it. So if there's any questions on that later, we can absolutely have a bit of a chat about it. So what is the meaning of mean mindfulness then? Okay, it has its roots in Buddhist meditation. So it's not uncommon for people to equate mindfulness with meditation. And it's true that meditation is one extremely powerful way to practice mindfulness, but it's not all that there is to it. Okay, so that's that's probably what I was trying to say before. There's lots of ways to, to practice mindfulness. Okay, um, let's have a look at a couple of the definitions because that might help us. So one of the psychological definitions is a moment-to-moment -moment awareness of one's experience without judgment. In this sense, mindfulness is a state and not a trait. While it might be promoted by certain practices or activities such as meditation, it is not equivalent or synonymous with them. Okay, so as you can see, mindfulness as a state means that it can be brought through practice. It's not a matter of, it's not static. You're not born more mindful than others. Okay, so that's what it means between a state and a trait level. So it involves awareness and impartiality about what we gain from this awareness. In an age of social media where opinions, likes and commentary are more than forthcoming, it's easy to see how non-judgmental reflection can be a welcome change. Because if you look at that very statement, it's really hard to look at a lot of social media and not have some form of comparison in some place across the board for whatever there is. And we often will revert that back. Any comparison will immediately revert it back to you. But mindfulness is a way of being present, say, in that um, moment of uh, scrolling and going, oh, I recognise that that's the feeling. And that, that's what the mindfulness can be. Not the ideal place to practise it, but looking at that from a... Um, being able to understand it is hopefully a good way for you to get sort of like a picture in your head so that you understand when it's happening, okay? Another definition, the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally, which is a really good, simple one. I like it. This is actually the more widely accepted definition in practitioner and academic terms and perhaps more descriptive for those who want to start practicing. It works on this focus uh, of, of conscious attention on the right here, right now. And it's a concept that those who practice meditation will already be familiar with. And it's why the two often go hand in hand. So after all that, and with the HQ ethos of um, the KISS method, We'll use this as a definition. Mindfulness means maintaining a moment-by-moment -moment awareness of our thoughts, feelings, bodily sensations, and surrounding environment, and this is the bit I really like, through a gentle and nurturing lens. That's what we want to do. Be gentle and nurturing with what we recognize about ourselves, about, our, about others, and we take the judgment away from that. Okay, so that's where mindfulness stemmed from. Let's look at some of the psychology behind the mindfulness so that we get an understanding of what we're working with. Now, no pun intended because it seems completely 
contradictory to look at the mind, um, the psychology behind mindfulness. But the rise of public awareness about mindfulness has been matched by a surge in academic literature examining the concept. So it means that it's in practical studies of mindfulness are not hard to find. It doesn't mean they're super easy to understand at all, all times. Most are focused on the benefits of practicing mindfulness, which we're going to look into a little bit later on a deeper level. But for now, in the interest of understanding, let's look at three of the areas that mindfulness is applied to in a therapeutic or counselling space, which is where we're in if you're coming to see me. Now, I didn't make these names up, so roll with me here, okay? Benefits of mindfulness is how the practice can be applied to well-being, quality of life and health. The next area is mindfulness, mindfulness-based stress. God, I need to get, let me, let me, can we do a rewind? I wish I could rewind that. I'll start again. Mindfulness-based stress reduction. So normally when I see that, it is just MBSR. That's how it is given in our literature. It's how mindfulness can help us deal with anxiety, stress, any of the OCD compulsive disorders, so the thinking concepts and more, all right? Then we've got mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, which is the application of mindfulness in treating depression and mood disorders. Okay, so that's how mindfulness is applied in this space. So let's have a look at how mindfulness came to be such an influential topic in so many areas of, pra of practice. So the concept is widely linked to the Buddhist contemplation practices. So what did we actually take from Buddhism? One of their concepts, in fact, they've got three main concepts that have been brought into mindfulness. One is called knowing the mind. So one of Buddha's teachings is that as humans, we can create suffering and problems in our own minds. It is believed that our sense of self or who we are is heavily influenced by activities such as attachment and discrimination, judgmentalism. So that's why... It works in the concept of knowing our own mind so that we can eliminate those suffering areas that we can create. The second part is training the mind. So the significance then with the awareness is the ability to train and shape our minds. And what's really cool about this is that these two components of Buddhism complement the psychological application of CBT and other forms of therapy, which is why they work so well together. The third one, freeing the mind. So freeing your mind is based on the capacity of release clinging, which I just mentioned above. It's we detach from non-beneficial thoughts and practices that we're clinging to, such as anger, judgment, um, all those bits of, of uh, what did I say? It was um, clinging. It's the clinging. Now, this is not saying that these feelings are not valid. Just that by holding on to the thoughts around them, they can keep us sitting in our crap for way longer than is necessary. This helps us see clearly 
to let unwanted emotions pass through and remain relaxed while opening ourselves up to more of what is positive. Okay, so I really like, if you remember nothing of these other than the titles, know the mind, train the mind, free the mind. That's what we want to apply when we're talking about mindfulness. So now we know what and why. Let's have a look at the benefits. It's been associated with numerous benefits and the popularity of the topic in positive psychology means that we're going to be seeing a hell of a lot more of it, basically. So first one, improved working memory. This is a great benefit and really it's a bit of a superpower, if you like, because your working memory is our short-term ability to remember a series of instructions or tasks. So for example, holding a person's address in mind while listening to instructions about how to get there or, oh, I lost my little page there, how to get there um, or listening to a sequence of events in a story while trying to understand what the story means, that's your working memory. Now, working memory capacity is increased with mindfulness. So if you find yourself saying, I never remember anything, this is solid proof that it can be addressed and improved, which is really, really cool. The next benefit, heightened metacognitive awareness. Oh my God, in people speak. It describes being able to detach from one's own feelings and mental processes. It's what I call, if you've worked with me before, it's what I call the observing space. It's where we step back and observe either a memory or uh, an incident, anything as a transient momentary occurrence rather than being who we are. It hasn't defined, it's defined us, but it doesn't have to continue to define us, all right? So it becomes being able to step back and observe our thoughts uh, in a way that is, we sit with it, but we don't become overwhelmed by it, which is really, really important because we can get trapped in that feeling. The third benefit, it lowers levels of anxiety and reduces stress. Well, we all want that. And that's probably where mindfulness training has been linked uh, and applied the most. People, people have been taught it will lower your stress, it lowers your anxiety, and it does all of that. It just does a lot more than that. So research example, a researcher's example has been undertaken with cancer patients who took part in mindfulness training and it significantly reduced their stress than those who didn't do mindfulness. They also displayed greater positive states of mind and fewer traumatic uh, symptoms post-cancer such as a loss of interest in activities and stuff like that. So that ties in with the next research benefit of managing physical pain. You know, we have an enormous amount of people in physical pain um, nowadays. Part of that is actually attributed to chronic stress because chronic stress in the body will eventually manifest somewhere in the body coming out. So holding on to stress too much will place it somewhere. It's got to place it somewhere. It just it just can't sit there. It's got to do something. So research suggests that mindfulness has a really big role in helping to manage that pain. This is really interesting to me 
because I see a lot of people who present with pain that modern medicine doesn't seem to be able to treat. And eventually it can often be diagnosed with things such as fibromyalgia or um, chronic pain disorders. There's another one. I can't remember exactly what it is, but you'll, you'll know it. You, you've, you would have heard it. You've chronic fatigue, any of those symptoms. They can't find something that works with that physically because often it can be a, a mental concept, but that stress on the body will become a physical element at some point. So that, and that's the interesting thing that the body definitely presents with physiological symptoms, but there appears to be no physical reason for them at times. And this is where mindfulness really comes into its own because staying in the present will not only eliminate some of those ailments, but being mindful can certainly, it won't, no, let me repeat that. Staying in the present won't eliminate those ailments, but being mindful can certainly decrease the intensity of them at that time. And if you've ever had someone in pain or been in pain yourself, sometimes you just need five minutes to be pain-free and that can make the world of difference. So where do we start? Mindfulness is a practice, so that means, well, you need to practice it. And the best way to do that is every bloody day. Now, it's incredibly easy to start practicing mindfulness right away in the comfort of your own home. I mean, honestly, it's even possible to download a mindfulness app and get started on the bus. But the keys, simplicity and consistency. That's, that's basically pick something that feels appealing and interesting to you and don't be afraid to go for it. I think that's one of the things that I learnt about mindfulness. It One, when you don't confuse it with meditation, because I used to think that mindfulness was meditation, and sometimes I struggled with meditation. I've learnt great things about it now, but initially to start with, it was really difficult. When you've got what they call the monkey mind, and your mind is going all the time, and someone's asking you to sit and take away all your thoughts, Oh my God, it's just, it's, it's almost impossible. For me, it was about finding really little things. Simply, honestly, some days, the old cup of tea, the old cup of tea, easy, really. But this is what I was going to look at. One of the things that I was taught uh, is an anchor. Okay, so I'm going to get to that little bit, but... What we had was this little saying that says, do the walk to do the walk. Okay, so now remember, you've got to sub out some of the things because you go, what the hell? What do you mean do the walk to do the walk? In fact, what they said to me at the time was, do the dishes to do the dishes. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't even do the dishes. So anyone with the monkey mind, this is the statement for you. Do the dishes to do the dishes. Such a simple statement, and I know it sounds crazy, and you obviously need to sub out dishes with whatever it is that you're doing, but it's a great way to anchor yourself when you start to drift. So if you are consciously walking and your mind starts to wander, you say to yourself, either out loud or to yourself, do the walk to do the walk. You will be surprised at how simple and effective that statement is. It just brings you back to where you need to be. So 
I've got a really cool handout this week because I spent time doing a 30-day mindfulness timetable for body, soul, and mind. Uh, and I obviously had too much time because it's colour-coordinated. Um, to give you a variety of simple tasks and mixes up the three components because, you know, you don't want to get bored doing this thing. This is going to become a daily practice. And seriously, they are super simple. Some are as simple as a five-minute cuppa because if there's anything that I've worked with, if you know, with if you've worked with me, I like to try and keep things as simple as we can for implementation because if it's too bloody hard, we're all giving it up because no one's got the time. No one wants to make the time. But we I'm making you make the time here because it's 30 days of the you don't even need to think about what am I going to do? I've done it for you. All right. The tip though, of course, is do the dishes to do the dishes. Now I don't have the task in front of me. Um, but one of them is have a five minute cuppa. So it is have the tea to have the tea. Okay, I want you to try it out. Give it a go. You'll be surprised at how cool it is. Now, I'll give you the little tips to practice mindfulness. So I've, I have given you the tasks. Some of them are a bit lame, but you know what? You can interchange them. What I don't want you to do is skip them. No skipping, please. Got to do one five minutes each day. So first thing, start small. This is always the key. You might start by trialing mindfulness for five minutes initially and then 10 to 15 minutes. And you know what? You can even work up to 30 minutes a day. But it's not about that. That's when you've got time and when you're really focused and that sort of turns into meditation, which I'm going to talk to you about in a minute. But for me, it starts off really simple. And remember, if you only manage a few minutes, that's okay. And if you miss a few days, don't give up. Remember, you don't give up brushing your teeth just because you miss a day. Just start again. Because I've got 30 days there, you just need the next day. There's no excuses. Second tip, become aware of your breathing. So this is super important. And you'll see pretty much a whole long the whole way in any of the videos that we've done. We've always looked at a few things that will bring you back to a grounding technique. And breathing is always going to be a part of that. I like to try and keep everything simple and in an order. So the grounding technique of five, I generally work on five breaths. So this helps keep everything in sync so that under stress, because everything becomes uniform and repetitive, which makes it easier to remember when you, you know, you're under stress. The fact is that when you're in stress, your ability to think clearly goes out the window. It's times like this where you are solidifying some of the thinking patterns that you don't have to think. It just becomes, oh, I know what to do. It's a mindless, repetitive action. Okay, so think back to the five senses, which is the five, four, three, two, one, and use the same concept. Start with five breaths, deep and slow. So that's that takes less than a minute. Identify an anchor. Now, I just gave you a little one, but you'll be teaching yourself to improve your ability to focus on the present moment. And so you need to choose an anchor to the present moment. So that might be a painting or it might be a clock or it might be something that brings you back to where you need to be. 
Alright, so this will allow you to identify when your attention leaves the present moment. Breath is the common one, but any of the five senses will work as well. So that's your taste, touch, smell, sight and sound. You can even use something from your toolkit if you've done your homework. Um, but identifying an anchor is really, really important. So even before you get your timetable out, and even before you've sat down and done day one, you want to focus on these five things. What do I need to do? Bring my breathing, uh, start with my breathing. Have I found an anchor? What's going to bring me back when I drift? Next tip, focus on being present. Now, once you've chosen your anchor, you aim for the next however many minutes to simply be present in the here and now, to attend to the identified anchor, perhaps focusing on noticing your breath, entering your body. So if you get pulled away, you go back to your anchor and you start with a breath, okay? And allow that breath, notice it entering your body and traveling to your stomach and then being exhaled from your body. That will just ground you again. Just be open. Just be open to it. Don't get upset with yourself. Don't get shitty with yourself. Remember, non-judgmental is the key. We want to notice the thoughts that appear. Okay, so this almost sounds contradictory, but the thing is the thinking will come and go as you do the exercise. When you notice thoughts, your aim will be gently just to note what the thought was about and then return to the chosen anchor. It's your mind's job to produce thoughts and to bring our attention to trouble and wor troubling and worrying thoughts. So you're almost entering, if you've watched video one, the, um, the one of the distraction techniques of mind wandering. You're allowing your mind to wander. Remember, the mind will find the gaps and it will provide a solution, but it needs to let you know the gap is there. Humans just don't like gaps. We just don't like the gap, but if we can sit in there and find and recognize and notice the gap, it's going to help us. And you know, this is what I always found really difficult when they say, don't have, try not to have any thoughts and going, really? Because you know, typically we have 13,000 thoughts a day. And if you've got a monkey mind, you could probably double that. So what you do have a choice on is about how you respond, what thoughts you choose to engage with, and the time you spend with those, those thoughts and the actions you take. So mindfulness is about improving your ability to notice when your attention is wandering and free and refocus, not to completely control all, uh, all those thoughts. If you find yourself evaluating or judging them, then simply return to your anchor. Okay, so by doing that, you refocus, you reground. And now, anyone new, one of my favorite things that I've to, to talk about when I've worked with clients, so you'll all have probably have a little giggle, is the movie Inside Out. So for those of you who have seen Inside Out, you will know that it's also what my business is named after, Headquarters, which is Riley's Brain. One of the concepts in the movie is called the train of thought. And this is a great way of being able to apply 
something to noticing thoughts. So the train of thought is actually a train with thoughts on each carriage, okay? And I love the concept of the train and it's a great way to notice thoughts. So notice what each carriage says, but you don't have to get on the carriage. Let them go by, but you can always go back to the thoughts you notice the most, okay? So as with thoughts, if you're gonna notice the thoughts, we want you to notice the feelings that are around. Feelings also come up when you do this exercise and they can come up in the form of physical discomfort or as emotions, they, they may seem to come from nowhere. And when they do, try making space for them. Just allow them to come, put them on the train and allow them to come and go as necessary. Uh, again, the aim is to notice what just took your attention and then redirect it to, to focus on the present. The, the one of the this tip, I can't remember what number I'm at because I haven't numbered these tips, but return to your anchor. When you become distracted, you always just return to the anchor, whatever you choose to be your anchor. What you'll find is that at the beginning, you're going to spend more time looking at your anchor than you probably will doing any mindfulness. But remember, the art is practicing. So you will get better and better and better at it. You can extend it if you need to in terms of time. But when you get really good at it, you don't need the time. You just need to really make that time count. Make that five minutes where you can sit down and you don't need to go return to your anchor at all. You just focus on it at the beginning. You drown everything else out. You focused in your moment. Your five minutes is up and you feel like you have been refreshed. It's, it's awesome when you can really do it. And if you can get more time, knock yourself out. But if you can't, just master what you can. Now, I really love this tip. Doubt is part of the experience. Seriously, there's going to be times when you doubt your ability to practice mindfulness at all. Again, this is understandable. The mind's job is to produce thoughts and focus on worries. Remind yourself that practicing mindfulness is challenging and that there's no such thing as a failed practice. So if you can step back from the judgment, that's that's actually a judgment right there. If you can step back from that, your mind just makes your prac about practice and just notice the different tactics it uses to distract your attention. It's pretty clever, I've got to say. Final tip, and this is at the end of your five minutes or however long you choose to do, reorient yourself with the day. Okay, so you've, you've practiced the mindfulness for the preferred amount of time. You've got to reorient yourself with what your priorities are. What am I going to do next? So you're almost making a little list in your head to put yourself back in because you don't want to have the concept where you sit down and you've enjoyed that five minutes so much you don't want to get up because it's not going to help you. All right, so reorient yourself. You'll uh, maybe have an appointment, meal to cook, place to go, whatever. Just know what you're doing when you get up from that space and and go and do it move move forward so a take-home message i think that one of the very best things about mindfulness is that we can tap into it almost anywhere and i found this quote this week and thought it tied into exactly what we were working with and connects to my first question this uh of last week do you deserve it if you don't mindfully give yourself permission to prioritize time for your own self-care, nobody else will. 
I loved that quote because we often look for permission to go and do what we need to do. No, no. Give yourself permission. Schedule in five minutes and prioritize that time. You give yourself permission. You are doing self-care straight there. Okay. Now, next week, we have a special guest coming in. And because I'm very bad at technology, only she will be the person appearing on screen. I will be in the comments as well. Nicole D'Alessandro is a fully qualified counsellor with a focus on children and women. But she's also a meditation and mindfulness expert. So she has graciously agreed after I held her down for a while. No, just joking. Um, she agreed to hold next week's live for us because, you know, meditation is very much an important concept of or component of well-being. And honestly, self-care is critical to well-being. So I think getting this right and making it simple and effective is something that really sets apart your self-care. And the thing is, is that meditation is really quite specialized. And I'm not great at meditation. I really, I, I am not the person that could show you meditation. I'm the person that learns it, you know, because it's, it's really difficult. She's really awesome at it. So next week, you're going to be tuning in at eight o'clock as normal, but she's going to be popping up on the screen and I'm going to be popping into the comments. All right. So I'm really excited about that. The homework. Well, we know you. So you've got to begin the 30-day challenge. We are two weeks into self-care month now. So we might as well start this right now. And so that way I get to check in with you. The schedule will be up in the community at some point, either tonight or tomorrow. And I've also got a, um, a list attached to it, I think, of tips on how to get started. So the tips I spoke about. And that'll be all in there. So happy mindfulness practicing, peoples. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.